Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Global Church Live. The Global Church Live is a multimedia ministry reaching through the world 24-7. Now, for today's message, here is Dr. Faye. Your holy, holy name. You deserve it, Lord. You deserve all of my praise. Woo! Hallelujah. We give you the praise, all the glory. Woo! My hallelujah belongs to you. You deserve it, oh God. You deserve it, oh Lord. You deserve it, oh Lord. You deserve that, oh God. You deserve it, oh God. You deserve it, oh Lord. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Worship him. Worship him this morning. Worship him. Give him the praise. Go on and give him the praise. My hallelujah belongs to you. He deserves the praise. He deserves the praise. Yeah, God. Ooh, yeah, 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 Lord. Father, we thank you. You deserve the praise. We thank you. We thank you for your precious anointing. We thank you for your goodness and your glory. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for manifesting your goodness and glory in our lives. We thank you, Father, that you woke us up to pray. You woke us up to begin a new day, Father God, in this army of God. We thank you, Jesus. That we get to pray, we get to sing, we get to worship, we get get to give you our hallelujah. We get to give you our hallelujah with uplifted hands, hey, Papa, and humble hearts. We get to give you our hallelujah. Give him your hallelujah this morning. Give him your hallelujah. Woo! Somebody shout hallelujah. My hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. Hey, yeah, 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 God. Way, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That song is the project of J.J. Harrison and the Youthful Praise. My hallelujah belongs to you. He deserves all of our praises. So you can lift your hands up. You can praise him. You can worship him. You can give God the glory. All hallelujahs belong to him. All praises belong to him. I know you know it. So let's just stir up your knower. Hi, yay, God. As we prepare to receive the word of God this morning, just say, my hallelujah belongs to you. My hallelujah. Hallelujah. Belongs to you. Can you worship him? Will you worship him? You deserve it, Lord. You deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You deserve it. Hallelujah belongs to you. Hallelujah belongs to you. Hallelujah. Go on and worship him. Belongs to you. There's nothing like worship. I tell you, there's nothing like worship. To set your belly on fire. To quicken your mortal body. There's nothing like worship. Isn't that right, Vinay? Isn't that right, Watur? There's nothing like worship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of the glory. Everything I own, everything I am, everything. My breath belongs to you. Every organ, every blood cell belongs to you. My hallelujah. Every hair on my head, every strand of hair, everything that I am. Belongs to you are my Lord. Ooh, we want to stay in the ship called the Lordship. You deserve it. You deserve it. Yes. Yeah, 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 you deserve it, oh God, you deserve it, hallelujah, 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 all the glory and all the honor, shh, 
give you the praise, all the glory, all the honor. Welcome to church this morning. Welcome to where the word of God flows freely. Welcome to where deliverance is welcomed and embraced. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're going to be glad you are the church today and that you came to church, that you're part of a new generation. You're part of this chosen generation, a microcosm of a macrocosm, a part of a greater part. But he's called out of darkness into his marvelous light to hear revelation knowledge, to move from the place of stagnation, isolation, procrastination, humiliation into a level that you will be transformed through transformation, go forth and be influential in nations, the power to change nations. That's what he's doing, raising us up, hey, to reach an altitude in him where we can shift our attitudes. Yes, amen and amen and amen. And move by the presence and power of God because there's a world waiting to hear a word from somebody just like you, just like you. And if you have your Bibles today, I want us to talk about something that, oh, I don't know, I probably read it or taught it many, many years ago, and and it's been a, it's been alluded to in many sermons, been read over through by many, many millions of people, billions by now, I'm sure. But we want to revisit it today from a different place on Mount Zion. We want to come to you from the depths of the well that never run dry. So be prepared to hear a word that will catapult you out of where you've been to where you need to be, out of your place of being stuck to your place of being mobilized again in areas of your life. It's about to shift your attitude. Mm -hmm. The Bible says, let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus, who in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God had highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that is the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you can quote me on that. This mind of Jesus, is a mind that has a certain level of attitude, a certain persona, if you will, a certain characteristic, a certain demeanor about him. The attitude of Christ was that to go about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen? That was his demeanor. That was his M.O. That was his calling card, that what he did He did it from a place of God character. He did it from a place of understanding his purpose and destiny, why he was on the earth. 
So as we begin to take a look at the attitudes mm-hmm, of Christ, we're going to discover something about ourselves because the only way to really discover ourselves is to understand him to get a glimpse of his glory, to look deeper into the wells of wisdom that can only be brought by him because Christ is our wisdom. And wisdom is what builds the house, and Christ builds this house, the house that he lives in. Who's, who's the master builder but the one who lives in the house? When we think of attitudes, we think of a position or a person, a mannerism, their disposition. We know people that have a graceful graceful attitude. We think of their professional posture, the ministerial posture, their attitude. It's a state of mind. It's it's a feeling about uh, your work or your status in life. And it's not necessarily being arrogant, though we call people that are arrogant, well, you know, she has an attitude. He has an attitude, Right? So it's used along those lines when people have an arrogant or prideful uh, demeanor about themselves. So when we look at it from that perspective, we know that it is a mental or emotional attribute that is displayed in a person's face. You can see it in their walk. You can see it in their talk. And when we look at Jesus through the light of Scripture, hello, somebody, amen, church, When we look at Jesus through the eyes of Scripture, we want to look at his characteristics. And I've said to you many times over that I love the Old Testament. Most New Covenant Christians avoid it, but I like to jump right into it. Because the Old Testament shows me the character of God. It is from the Old Testament that I taught you how to close the gap between the prophecy and the promise. It is from the Old Testament that we found out that God hates sin. And why he hated sin? Because it blocks the flow. And when our blessings are blocked, that means God cannot release who he is. Come on, somebody ought to get this this morning. So God wants us to have an attitude that we can receive the flow, we can receive the blessing flow. Do you know that God created, yeah, us to receive from him? And when we're not in the receiving place, hello, we're not in a receiving place, then God cannot fulfill his mission. Hello, well, you didn't think about that, did you? That because we don't repent and we don't have the mind of Christ, we don't operate from that place of Christ-seatedness, then God cannot flow to us the way he wants to. He is grieved that he can't get it to us that we can't receive it. Don't you know that grieves the Holy Spirit? And the Bible says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Yeah, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed to the day of redemption. So the attitude of the mind of Christ is one that's postured in understanding the characteristics of God, the attributes of God, and certainly the faithfulness of God. The attitude of Christ is not one of arrogance. It is one of peace. It is one of confidence. Confident in knowing who you are. And we're not confident in knowing who you are until you're confident in knowing who he is. 
So I want us to take a look in Matthew 5. I need to just kind of set a little backdrop there for you as much as I can for the next 20 minutes. And in Matthew, the fifth chapter, we're going to take a look at what Jesus uh, talked to his disciples about and what Jesus preached in his ministry. And many people call this the Beatitudes. And this is the way I like to say it. Let this be your attitude. Let this be your attitude so that you can apply it into your everyday waking, walking, talking life. So take a deep breath, breathe that in, because the Beatitudes is let this be your posture, your demeanor. Come on, somebody. We're talking posture and demeanor. We're talking what, how you project upon the screen of life. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody is going to love you when you understand what your attitude should be. You have to practice to capture the attitude. So let me get started. And I, because when I'm about to make a shift, and I know I'm making a shift, taking people from what they used to believe about a thing into what they need to see in this thing so that they can grow up in it. We all can grow up together and stop being babies in the sandbox, grow up together, stop whining, complaining, murmuring, gossiping, you know, the stuff that other people do, not you. You don't do that. But we're growing up in Christ, and we're taking on his posture. Amen. We are seated in heavenly places with him. We are joint heirs, co, 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 co inheritors, co contributors. I love it. Yay, Papa. Joint heirs with him. Therefore, we assume his posture. Amen. Amen, church. We can say to receive the tithes and offering and do the benediction right now. And you will have had a shift. I know that. I know that. But we carry on. Amen? We carry on. Prior to Matthew 5, Jesus was teaching them. He was teaching his disciples about, teaching the people about repentance, telling them about the kingdom of God and that they needed to turn and to repent, to come back to God. And many of them believed, of course, some of them didn't, he was setting the stage for them. He had just come out of the wilderness uh, and been he had been led up in the in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. He came out. He found the place where it was written in the book of Isaiah and told him that the spirit of the Lord God was upon him and that he had been anointed to preach the gospel to the poor and to uh, to, to to bring captives out of prison. And he began to teach them from the word. He closed the book and passed it back to them, and he took his seat. And then he went out and he began to teach and he began to preach. He, he began to preach repent. Repent was the preaching of Jesus. I don't know why we thought he stopped saying that. <laughs> For some reason the church thought Jesus stopped saying repent. Okay, so Jesus was preaching repentance. I, and I need to share this before we get into let this be your attitude. For the kingdom of heaven is within reach. Now, having laid that foundation, he's preaching repentance for the kingdom of heaven is within reach. The kingdom of heaven is within reach. It is within reach. It is at hand. And people begin to follow him. 
his fame. He began to get famous. He got famous for his preaching and his teaching, and that the fact that many were being healed and delivered, and many people were following him. So he got famous. There was a crowd. He had a fan club. People were following him. The Bible says, the very last verse, he says, that great multitudes of people followed him. From, De- from Galilee, from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and beyond Jordan. They were following him everywhere because he was preaching and doing things that they had never seen before. So let's pick it up in Matthew chapter 5. He says, In seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. When his fan club, he saw them. He saw the crowd that was following him because of the miracle signs and wonders and the preaching of the, of the kingdom of heaven and telling them to repent. So the people who began to follow him were then people who repented because they were doing what? Following Jesus. People who repent follow Jesus. Come on, write that down. Keep it. It sounds simple, but it's profound. People who repent follow Jesus. And he goes on to say, and he opened his mouth. Uh Uh-oh. Look out. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, this is what he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Okay, let this be your attitude. Uh Uh-huh. Those who are, he said, blessed. Let's look at the word blessed. Blessed means spiritually prosperous, happy to be admired, to be envied. That's what it really means. It means blessed, I'm blessed. That means I am positioned to be envied, that there are people who envy in me. Now, I I may have to say on this for a, a, a while, and I don't mean a while today, but I mean we may just have to keep continue to teach this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for there is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed means to be spiritually prosperous, happy, admired, envied even. So why do we get offended when people envy us? Now, I mean those that are walking, following Jesus now. Come on. Those that are following Jesus, because he's now speaking to his disciples, because all the multitude seeing him, following him. Uh Uh-huh. He went aside to the mountain. And then when his disciples came to him, he began to say, now this should be your attitude. This should be the way you walk in the place from which you are seated. This should be how you see life. You're blessed when you're envied. Because you can imagine, the disciples were the closest to him, and the multitudes were in the external regions of the, of the, of the temple of life. And so they were on the outside looking in, and so it looked like the people that were closest to him, you know, people envy people when they're close to Jesus, you know what I'm saying? And people that were close to the pastor, people that were close to the bishop, you know, people envy those people. Blessed means that you will be envied. He says, so blessed are the poor in spirit, and and those poor in spirit doesn't mean poor folks doesn't mean you don't have any money. Poor in spirit doesn't mean you're poor, okay? Poor in spirit doesn't mean you're poor. It means that you're not spiritually arrogant. And people who are humbled, they don't, they don't see themselves as significant, you know? 
they many times regard themselves as insignificant. They realize the world will go on without them. Hello, somebody. Amen, church. So he says to these people, you're going to be envied. You're going to be, um, you know, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to be admired when you consider yourself insignificant. When you consider yourself, you know that it's not you that's doing it, that it's Christ in you that's doing it. You're not trying to take the credit for the anointing. You're not trying to take the credit for anything that happens in your life. It's not because you prayed all night that God moved. God moved because you were praying all night. Oh, you think about that. Uh Uh-huh. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven. So he says, those who consider themselves insignificant will discover that they will grow into a place that they they will be admired. They're going to prosper, prosper, and the kingdom of heaven is within their reach, both now and forever. And then he goes on to verse 4. He says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. We did a teaching on Dr. Fay Lives not very long ago about death and dying. And we talked to people about being comforted and how to view death. So he says, blessed are they that mourn. And blessed, blessed are they that mourn. Mourning here, let me tell you what mourning here is. Mourning here is... Uh, is defined as an um, people who are grievous over their sins, and they turn and repent. You ever committed sin? Well, you have. Don't say you didn't. When you commit sin and you feel bad, you feel grievous, you really feel bad that you did what you did, Mhm. He says you're going to be comforted when the sin is lifted. Why? Because you repented. Even though you grieved, even though you, well, God, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. I'm so sorry, Lord. I repent. Please forgive me. I'm sorry, like Carol said. And he said when you repent, that burden of your sin is lifted from you, that's your comfort. You're comforted. Have you noticed when you repent how God just comes in and lifts that thing up off of you? Yeah. Blessed are the meek. Who are they? These are the people who have uh, are spiritually secure. They have this inward peace about them. And nobody understands it around them. Nobody understands that these people have this inward peace. You be cussing them. You be throwing rocks at them. You just lie on them. Not anybody in here. You gossip, stab them in the back. You know, you wish them evil, and they just keep on walking in peace. They're doing like John on the Isle of Patmos 
walking around. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and hearing things from God. And you just spitting on them, hating on them, trying to kill. John could not be killed. They had to send him to, into exile because the man couldn't die. They said, just get him out of my face. <laughs> Blessed are the meek. Those. Thank you, Jesus, who have that inward peace. How many of you have the inward peace? That's your attitude. Yeah, God. You're living from that demeanor. You're living from that persona that you just have that inner peace, and nothing shifts your world. We're growing in grace. Come on, y'all. We're growing in grace. (laughs) I know. We're growing in grace. Just listen to it and listen to it again. You'll be all right and buy the e-book or get it out. It may be free. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Remember, every time he says inherit the earth, that means receiving something, ladies and gentlemen. Those who have inward peace, uh huh. Those who are gentle, kind hearted, sweet spirit, self control people, you are the ones that are really in authority. It doesn't matter who has a title or who has a paycheck, you're the one in authority. If God assigns you, to a position, place, or thing, you're the one in charge. Forget about who has a title. You're the one in charge if God assigns you into that business, that company, that group, whatever it is, that church. You rule and reign in Christ Jesus. Amen? So blessed are the meek. The meek. See, we just fixed that in somebody. Blessed are the meek. Those who have that spiritual security, those who have that inward peace that passes understanding, they're going to be worthy of respect. They're going to attract respect, whether even from people that don't want to give it to them. They'll have to respect them. Yes, indeed. Because they'll see that you have self-control. They try to get you all riled up, the demons in them, and you just lock down in your peace. Six, blessed are they which do hunger. So God, what's the blessing in being hungry? How am I prospering in being hungry and thirsty? But it didn't stop there. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. So it's going to be joyful and nourished by the goodness of God. Because we're thirsting and hunger for righteousness, those who are seeking right standing with God, Matthew 6 and 33 Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto us. Same thing here. Same thing. Let this be your demeanor. Let this be your persona. Let this be your character. Not one of arrogance, but one of being blessed. Get in your place. Stay in your place. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The merciful, mm-hmm. those, when you know that you have received mercy, I mean, when you really know that God could have killed you, mm-hmm. even if it was way back then, when you know you could have died from that disease, when you know you could have lost everything, when you know you could have been locked up in prison and keep thrown away, 
When you know what God delivered you from and delivered you through and covered you and protected you from, knowing you could have gone down the river, but God stepped in. Mm-hmm. You know of the mercies of God. Let this be your demeanor and show mercy. Obtain mercy. Yeah. Because you can't give away what you don't possess. If you don't recognize the mercies of God for your life, you'll always be arrogant and condemning other people all day long. That's what you'll do. Condemn your husband, condemn your wife, condemn your children. You just condemn everybody. Nobody is good enough. Nobody knows enough. You know everything and everything knows you. You know, that's not the character. That's not the attitude of Christ. The attitude of Christ is, I and merciful, and I will show mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Those that are walking in God's presence, that are spiritually mature, have integrity, moral courage, and godly character. They will see God. What does that mean? They will see God. He's going to come visit them. They will see God. See him. See him. You'll see him at work. Come on. You want to see God at work? I know some of you, some of you may not work, but do you want to see God at work? Mhm. When you see God at work, you have come to the place of maturity that you can recognize the presence and power of God, the hand of God. And you'll be like the one leper. You'll come back and give him praise. You'll give him glory. Mm-hmm. You will see God at work. Those who are pure at heart. Where does a purity where does purity in heart comes from? It comes from repentance, ladies and gentlemen. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Spiritual mature, integrity, courage, godly character, displaying godly characteristics. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Let this be your demeanor. You're going to be filled with joy and favor. Yeah, because you're going to express the character of God. They'll call you the children of God, the Christians, the the saints of God, they that have turned the world upside down. Peacemakers, most people can't find that place. But let this be your demeanor, your persona. Yes, a peacemaker. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now listen, you're complaining about envy, people who are envious of you, jealous of you. You're complaining about people persecuting you, uh-huh, people talking about you, mm-hmm. When they insult you, falsely say all kinds of evil things against you because of your association with God, they may not say, well, she's a child of God, so let me jump on her. No, those demons won't say that. And it make you forget that you are a child of God, and that's why you're receiving it. Did you just hear what I said to you? 
It'll make you forget that you are a child of God, and that's why you're under attack. That's why you're under scrutiny. That's why you're under those insults. That's why you're under those daggers. It's because you are a child of God. Listen to me closely or you'll miss what I'm about to tell you. Because you are a child of God, you're receiving these insults and these negative sayings. You're receiving false things said about you. You're receiving evil things against you and against your name because of your association with him. Yeah? But he said to be glad, be happy about it. That's what he said. Be happy about it. Let this be your demeanor. Let this be your persona. Let this be your attitude. Uh-huh. He said because they're doing it because of his name's sake. You're his namesake. Did you just hear what I said? You're his namesake. We are his namesake. It said it right here. It said it right there. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For his name's sake, because you represent Christ, that's why it is being said against you. That's why you're coming under scrutiny and attack and persecution and backbiting and lying and gossiping. And instead of complaining about it, he said rejoice. Woo! Get happy about it. Because that is your witness that you are walking in the image of of Christ. Hey, hey. So when you're being hated on, you're being lied on, you're being persecuted, you're coming under scrutiny and judgment and being verbally insulted and attacked, rejoice because that's the evidence that Jesus is on board. Somebody ought to get happy. So therefore, you're looking through the lenses and seeing those people, those individuals as enemies shift and no longer see them as enemies. Let this be your attitude and receive them as validation that Jesus is in the house. Somebody ought to shout and run. Receive it as validation that you are anointed. Hey, Papa, because it would not be happening if Jesus was not on board, it would not be happening if Christ was not in the house. The devil gets along with his group fine. But when you, a child of God, come under attack, persecution, isolation, humiliation, all these things that can come against you, know this, that that's your clue. That's your sign that you have been ooh, been sealed by God. You've been anointed and the devil sees the anointing and hates it. And his posse, they're just go-alongs. They don't have any identity. They don't have a clue. But you and I have a clue. We understand, hey, Papa, that Jesus is in the house, and this is my attitude. Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. So don't get upset when you're under attack. Listen to what he said. This is the very next verse, actually. Actually, actually it is. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, in verse 12, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were be 
for you. Uh-huh. Great is your reward. Uh-huh. An inexhaustible storehouse, an absolutely inexhaustible storehouse is available to those who have been identified as worthy, come on, listen to my words, worthy of being persecuted, falsely accused, lied on, humiliated, verbally attacked, verbally assaulted, verbally abused. Blessed are you. And if you can endure that, he said, heaven is at your disposal. Woohoo! I'm getting something out of this, even if you don't. He says, rejoice and be exceeding glad. Hey, Papa, for great is your reward in heaven. Then he goes on to tell us, after he outlines what our attitude should be, he affirms this, you are the salt of the earth. You're the salt. You're the thing that makes everything else work. The salt. Mm-hmm. Then he says, you're the light of the world. A city that sets upon a hill that cannot be hidden. That's salt. You're the one who pulls it all together. Everything does better with a little pinch of salt. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take much, just a little bit. can go a long way. And the salt has lost its savor, which means you lose your purpose. You don't know your purpose. Your purpose, your purpose is directly tied to your persona, your character. Your demeanor. Amen. God knows what he's doing, and he built us for his own glory, for his purpose. And he said, today, let this be your attitude. I want you to see through my lenses. I want you to think through my mind. I want you to speak what I tell you to speak so that you can grow up and receive all that I have for you. God doesn't want to have a storage, a storehouse, with full of unreleased blessings. He's not in the business of storing. He's in the business of releasing. Did you get that? Did you get that? He doesn't run storage units. He runs the blessing channel, the blessing flow. Yes, he does. And all we have to do is repent and get in the right position that God has called us to so that we can operate with his demeanor, his persona, his characteristics. You have more than you than you've ever thought possible. Keep your eyes on Jesus and you will see the manifestation of more than you've ever dreamed. Glory to God, somebody say amen in this church. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I hope you got something out of 
Thank you for joining us for today's message. For more information about our ministry and how you may obtain a copy of today's message, visit our website at www.drfay.com. All donations are tax deductible and can be made at www.drfay.com.